destination. Eat, drink. A pie made with pigeon, Moroccan spices, and the famous souk mama. I'm Brent Peterson. Join me along with Moroccan food tour guide Amanda Mutaki as we take a culinary adventure to Marrakesh, Morocco on the Destination Eat Drink podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Nice, nice. Welcome to the winemakers. This is Brian Casey with Sam Katuri. Bart Hansen and TJ in the house. How you doing? TJ. TJ from SB. TJ from SB. Are you from, you're from Santa Barbara? I thought you were from Eugene. Pretty close. <laughs> Portland, Boise. Whatever. Whatever. Nice pour there, Todd. Even with my shaky hand. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that shaky hand was all that's, about. Yeah, uh, that's, It's a rough Wednesday here in uh, one country, apparently. Like that. that should be my hand right I now. mean, I opened two bottles of Zinfandel last night. I don't know, maybe. Nice, working hard. I had a bottle of Adi Terra last night not by myself because i would be shaky too <laughs> yeah no mine i didn't finish on there so. uh we did uh we hit enterprise vineyards hit 50 percent or went over 50 percent of harvest yesterday uh and <laughs> harvested by hand all from you know 6 30 in the morning to 11 o'clock or so uh 40 tons that's a lot yeah it's yeah, a lot it's a, you know, that was a big day that, that was a record day you know what i love about enterprise vineyards is that here, all these people are talking about. We're done. We're done. done. We're wrapping it up. Napa two more cab, We're done. Yeah. Pressing out my final Pinot. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Enterprise is like harvest is just getting going. Right. Is, is it harvest? It's quality it's time real now, now, man. Yeah. You guys can go on vacation. We're gonna go to work. <laughs> I went out to Rossi yesterday and walked by Little Block, and I'm like, that's such a perfect little block you got over it's like the dane block it, it, well that's yeah. it i think i have to take all the grapes right so no matter that, what's no out matter there what, it's yours so that way i can have it every year right that's so um but it's um it, it's funny it looks so good and i'm like is it is it getting to be that time morgan's picked his but morgan picked his <laughs> yesterday yeah uh, he would have picked his earlier but um but you talked the about blackout that. in 2019 oh, man. Uh, i think actually no and he um Admittedly, probably picked it a little too early last year. Yeah, and and I I don't think we'll make a Rossi from it because of that. In, in, and this year, let it you know it's a place that needs it needs hang time, and then it needs time. You know, I'm we drank a thirteen Rossi the other night, and it's like really finally starting to come out of its shell. Yeah, uh, it's just that it's a place that needs some time. It needs time on the vine. Okay, time in the I mean the the you know the grapes are they taste good. There's obviously plenty of sugar at this point, but they're still all solid. There's no dimpling at all, and. But more than anything else is like the seeds are maybe starting to turn brown, but the seeds aren't separating from the pulp. And right they're there, that says they're not. They're, they're not yeah, crunching. they're not there. And the and the skins still have tannins. So, so we get Morgan Sam, nice hat. Oh yeah, hey, uh, nice. Uh, good luck for you, man. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> I was organizing the wine wall last night, and I and the wine wall of of at, Sante at Sante, and yeah, we got the thirteen uh, Rossi homage. Anybody who orders anything in the gaming meat department. Um, 
you should tell them to buy a bottle of that right now. Okay, cool. We had it. We had uh, uh, venison at my my dad's house, my parents' house. My mom's in Spain playing with olive trees and on the Spanish Riviera. But uh, nice. my with so with my dad, we yeah we had some venison with the thirteen Rossi the other night, and it was like that was that was the spot. Very nice. Yeah. Well, I was up reprieve this weekend. I was pulling in. In the morning, pulling into the property, and your dad was pulling out of the property. And I was like, Man, Drove what, you off the a, road. What a great sign. You know, I got <laughs> Phil Katuri leaving the property as I'm pulling up. That's awesome. Yeah, that, how was how was the the experience? At the amazing. Reprieve? You know, I think every, I mean, there's there's certain places in wine country in the mountains that just, you know, blow you away. And it just, you know, yeah. Reprieve is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're not a member there, if you can go up there, I highly recommend it. I mean, yeah. the fact that it's farmed by, you know, Sam and Phil, and it's just, you know, you shake your head in, in the beauty, and the, you know Dick Arrowwood's got his house up on the mountain, and yeah, it's yeah, a spectacular it's, piece of property. Yeah, it really is. I took a bunch of rocks with permission down for my uh, the collection <laughs> on my desk, but got them <laughs> right next to some Sancerre. It's uh, uh, the number one product in any Moon Mountain District vineyard is the rocks, so you're more than welcome. Yeah. In fact, if anybody <laughs> wants to come, uh, we charge thirty five dollars for an experience to go and pick as many rocks out of the vineyard <laughs> as you want. <laughs> That's amazing. Bring a bucket. Bring a bucket. I got off. Yeah. Tractor. When, you know, when we first uh, bought our house and moved in, I was like, "I'm gonna save these rocks." And I'm, I'm these, these are there aren't very many rocks here. You know, I got to be careful. And it just keeps rocks just keep coming out of the Every ground. Time. Every I mean, time. we just grow rocks here. It's, yeah. it's. I mean, I, I joke about that being our number one crop by weight and volume, um, but it's really like it doesn't matter what you're doing if if you're doing any dig a hole, any cultivation, anything. There's no matter what you do, there's more rocks, yeah. and I, mm-hmm. like it defies gravity the way that they just like pop out of the yeah. ground. Um, so yes, please, anytime you want to come, nice, the yeah. bigger the better. Well, let's know my window sill is full. So Todd, you um, welcome to the uh, podcast again. You the brought Todd us some pies. nice. Yeah, good to be back. You brought us some nice wines here. You want to talk about uh, any of them? Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving coming up. Thought I'd bring in two different German Rieslings, and then uh, the Nall Henderlong Ranch. Old Vines in. Uh, so right now we have the the 2016 JB Becker uh, Rheingau Spatlazy Trocken. So basically what that means it's from the Rheingau. So we're just uh, west of Frankfurt. Uh, Spatlazy is a ripeness level at har- level at harvest. Um, so basically going to see kind of like 12% alcohol um, in the Spatlazy wines, and then Trocken means that it's fermented dry. And so this wine has. Um, you know, incredible like melon, kind of a little bit of honeysuckle notes, but then the acidity, um, less than nine grams of residual sugar. But if you didn't have that residual sugar, this acidity would just rip your teeth off. Totally. Um, Becker, so this is in the Rheingau, not the Mosul. Um, their story goes back to 1893, where his great grandfather kind of started doing it. But in 1971, um, they changed their philosophy and started making dry Riesling. And there's a pretty funny quote from this guy that he lost all of his customers when he did that. And now, like 50 years later, he's kind of heralded around the world as one of the best producers in dry Riesling. Um, and it's fun to find somebody in the Rheingau, not in the Mosul. Um, but yeah, as you guys are, I can see your faces, you know, a little bit of pucker, but so yeah. much delicious. Pucker, pucker, our mouth's shut, which is probably a good thing for any <laughs> right. guest on this show to bring something with a lot of I acid ahead. in there yeah. for, the, for the first one. <laughs> yep. It's, it's great, Todd. We're, so happy you came. The, um, the Ryan, so, so is the Ryan Gal the is Ryan is the Ryan Gal second to the Mosul? I mean, well, the so Mosul, you know, the the slate soils are that you know the Mosul, you know, you put that up with the king on its hat or the 
the king crown on it. But the Rheingau, you know, Spatburgunder, which is Pinot Noir and Riesling, you know, about 78% Riesling grown there. The soils are a lot more, I wouldn't necessarily say alluvial, but there's a lot of different things and more broken down. The Rheingau itself is a, a north side of the river slope. Uh, about 20 miles long is it the crazy slopes still like the uh not as crazy uh not nearly as crazy the rangao is a little bit like i don't know it's i'm trying to think of the right word i want to say lesser region than the mosul yeah i mean that's i mean obviously high quality wines but it's kind of thought of as being the the secondary riesling yeah the Um, the mosul was like the grand crew in in riesling rangao would be you know below that yeah somewhere uh, but the great thing about jb becker is that they've been doing it for a long long time yeah almost as long as good luck bunchu almost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely actually i uh, ran into joel peterson um the other night and i was telling him about the becker that i've been drinking lately and you know in perfect joel peterson fashion it was like he's met right. he met the dude and drank with the dude before he's, and so he's got two magnums in yeah, his yeah, cellar exactly and I was just like, last you know, year it was I'm already, sweet i'm already blown away it's just like man you're such a legend so and then he's <laughs> selling them all <laughs> this week right exactly. so, so, yeah. so got some 1893 becker in the <laughs> so, wait, so let's just real quick so Joel um, Peterson was selling some of his private selections from I got that uh, the Ravenswood, yeah. right? So I went on when it was released, when I saw it, it was right. about 10 o'clock, and started to place my order. And it was all gone. And it was all gone. Wow. <laughs> all gone. So much for getting him on here to talk about it. He's like, right. there's nothing left to no, talk about. No, it sounds about. like there's yeah. a secondary, there's going to be another release. Another release. I'm sure yeah. he has He's plenty just, of wine to release. Yeah. Clearing, clearing seller space. Right. Yeah. For his... Got to put the new wines in there. Right. He's got to yeah. make some yeah. room for the, the once in future. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Uh, and the way that sort of, like, fits into the whole Ravenswood, Constellation, Gallo drama that's mm-hmm. continuing to unfold. And, and, you know, Joel sort of as the, the anomaly in the sell your winery and then actually stay and work with the company that you sell it to for as long as he did. Uh, but, you know, kind of the way that that's gone lately, um, that he's dipping in and selling his, his sell, you know, private seller of, of old Ravenswood. Well, basically Ravenswood's existence is sort of in limbo in general is, uh, well, right. Pretty fascinating. The it's pretty wild shit. The, the Gallo constellation thing still hasn't. Right. It's not finalized. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not. And, you know, I don't know. I though I don't know what's um, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Didn't yeah. he say that they had no interest in those wines? Remember when we had him on, I think he said that they had no interest in the in the library at all. It doesn't. It doesn't fit any of. Well, that the, was Constellation. Didn't even have. Yeah, because that was that. what that was last harvest, two harvests ago. That was a couple years ago. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, it doesn't fit. None of those fit in uh, selling. Supermarket and gas station wine um, motor, like what? How? Well, I mean, who, people coming you know? to visit though and tasting, you could uh, you know have right. access well, and, to those wines. And but. now that facility is shuttered, mm-hmm. right? Right. So. And and it's and it's interesting because, um, you know, you would almost hope that Gallo would. I mean, what Gallo's done with Martini and with you know. Um, Monterosa, you would you would almost hope that that sale would go through because maybe Gallo would do something cool with Ravenswood, right? Right? I mean, why wouldn't they? Well, Um, the the weird thing is they didn't buy or Constellation wasn't selling the the, facility. The facility, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, because that's that's the prisoner production facility now. The quarry is, yeah. 
Oh, that's what making a prisoner down there? Yeah. yeah. My, point. my friend Andrea, maybe she's listening. Um, yeah, she's uh, been working. She worked for Constellate. Well, she worked for Ravenswood. And um, and so when it was sold, she was a winemaker without a, without a program is how she put it. And the last time I talked to her, it was, I think she's the winemaker for the prisoner now. Hmm. So are they moving Ravenswood out to like Modesto? Production wise, or soon, well, I, I mean, I think the, the I, whole sto- the moral of this whole story is that I don't nobody necessarily knows if there was any production, or yeah. there was nothing necessarily. Um, there was no contracted fruit mm-hmm. specifically for a brand right. named Got Ravenswood. Be, because uh, when uh, she was at Ravenswood, she was there. There were a couple winemakers there, of course, and uh, her her responsibilities were all the small vin- small vineyard individual vineyard right, stuff. Right. And the interesting thing was that was is. She said that when they, when the purchase started, Gallo had no interest in all that wine. Right. Right. So, like, they didn't bottle that wine because Gallo had nowhere to sell it. So, it's all very interesting to be, if if any of it goes through, you know. Yeah. You know, I said, I don't know. I don't think we delivered fruit for Ravenswood from Old Hill anywhere this year, which is the one, you know, sort of touched on point that we had with Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 and then you see Joel selling his selling those wines. I mean, it's kind of best case scenario that Joel's selling those wines directly and to consumers that actually want them, right? Right. And you can yeah, sell out in yeah, minutes. Totally. I mean, that's like that's all like how we want it to be um, in that situation. I mean, I would have loved to get some for the shot, but I was, you know, I'm gonna blame it on my son. You know, I just wasn't wasn't on the ball that day. Houston, you know, yeah. Shout out Houston. What's up, dude? <laughs> One day you'll listen to podcasts about wine, Houston, yep. and then you'll find this one deep in the archives. Right. So. <laughs> and you'll go, my dad's really cool. Nice. <laughs> he was on a the shirt. Po- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the Winemakers podcast. He must be really cool. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, Nona and Grandpa had him over at the uh, pumpkin patch over uh, on the way to Petaluma earlier today, mm. and I was like, man, if I could be at a pumpkin patch right now, that'd be nice. Right? Uh, yeah, then you'd, yeah, then you'd think you're really cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead, you're drinking Riesling <laughs> in a parking lot. And <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Brian, I'm going to pass you the, uh, the 90. Yes. And the 90, uh, as you know, this is you know a moment that needs to be described. Uh, isn't it a canter? Is amber. It's the exact color of the mosquito uh, rock in Jurassic Park. Yeah, exactly. It, it's li- it's literally liquid amber uh, in this big decanter that we have. Um, uh, it's a almost like special cotton thing. balls of sediment. Uh, it's got to be some sort of ball. like yeah, tart trace. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be some. Tart uh, trace. Yeah. It kind of yeah, it kind of looks like um, you know, like little styrofoam, uh, the little like styrofoam, the little like balls of uh, you know white absorbent material in cheap potting soil. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> ry- rhyolite. Right? Rhyolite. There you go. There you go. That was, thank you for saving me on that one. <laughs> so okay, is this the same different vineyard? Same producer, same producer, same same region, same ripeness level at harvest, uh, fermented, trocken or dry. Will you? uh, So uh, this will become this. That will become this. Uh, Potentially, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, the the nineties under cork and the sixteen has a glass top, so there's uh, something to be said there about you know oxygen. But um, yeah, Sam, what do you want me to do? 
Oh, so sp- spots spent. Spot laser. Spot is, laser. Where, where is that in the ripeness level? Is this the ripest? No, so this is so uh, cabinet is the lowest, then spot laser, and then os laser, um, and then you get trocken os laser, beer and os laser. Okay. Ice wine's right below beer and os laser. But um, so this is kind of the second least ripe, if you will. So second. cabinet is, so this is going to make 12%. You know, ten to thirteen percent alcohol when you're at spot laser. Wow. Right. The uh, the degrees on the Ostlese. I don't I don't have a gift of German tongue by any means. So if I butcher all these you're words, you're doing I better apologize. than I'm doing. So, so yeah. on the Ostlese scale, um, I'm a big fan of the Walfer Walkenberger. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been staring at it for ten minutes. <laughs> it's like that deep honeysuckle. Deep honeysuckle. Almost like, and it's pretty. You know, it's pretty. Basementy. The the sellers of this place are amazing, and the uh, Von Boden, the importer of Becker, they have this cool video on their website. And you're walking through, and he's like, "What are you gonna do with all this old wine?" And um, uh, Becker, what's his name now? The guy who runs it. They call him Hajo for Hans Joseph, and uh, he's like, "I just like to have him around." So he keeps all these bottles for himself. Uh-oh. He's got a uh, drive by from Phil Katuri. <laughs> Boss caught us <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> Taking the ATV out somewhere. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you were in the cell you were in the cellars. No, just say, Ryan, no, no yeah. this is a video online. Okay. Um, and it just talks about how this guy Hans Joe just doesn't want to let his wines go. You know, right. and this shows the importer's palate and it's like three levels high and the guy runs over and hugs like the wines that this guy is willing to let him import to the States, you know. So So this this is a current release from the importer. Correct. So he, everything that they have, they get directly from the winery and then bring in. And so they have, in the store right now, I have 1990, 2000, 2008, 14, 15, and 16 of Becker. And at their most expensive, it's $50 a bottle. So there's some really cool values. And I mean, this is what we'll, Brian We'll all be racing about. down Napa Street. <laughs> Who can get there before Brian does? Yeah. <laughs> this is like having chamomile tea with lemon and honey. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And so, yeah, this this is this is a great, except for Chenin Blanc, this mm-hmm. would be an exceptional um, pairing for Thanksgiving, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Except nice. for 2016 Chenin Blanc yeah, yeah. from Dane Sellers. Yeah, shout out Oprah. You didn't have the, to go that the, far. The only thing that I could possibly imagine being better than this at Thanksgiving. Oh. You get a truck and blouse and hawk and you get a truck and blouse and schlock and... Apologies to all the German listeners. <laughs> yes. We just, we just lost Germany. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know you guys have already talked about it on here. But Bart, congrats on the uh, the Oprah shot yeah, that, and Shannon. Well worth it, man. It's that's awesome. Really nice, and you know, it's it's fun because um, uh, Brian has always, from day one, been a huge supporter of that wine. Um, and uh, and so to bring it all around full circle, that you know, and I drank too much of it last night. <laughs> You oh, put well. that in middle how much how many is, do you think it would How be? much is too much? Yeah, yeah how much what, is too like, much what, Chenin what Blanc? What sort of Chenin Blanc depletions are we well, talking? You know what was great is that I had opened it three days ago, probably four days ago, mm-hmm. and just had a glass, and then last night opened it up, because ultimately it's going to end up on the on the by the glass list at um, Sante. So I was curious to see what it tasted like, mm-hmm. you know, three, four days later. I always like to do that with by the glass wine to see what they taste like after they've been open for a few days and it it was amazing 
I find the same thing. All of our by the glass stuff. Um, you know, we don't have a super fancy by the glass system. I pull corks and we do it and we, and we gas at night, but, um, it seems to, seems to do really well. Yeah. 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 It, it, it does. It's, it's, it's holding up really well. Um, you know, good grapes don't mess around with them too much. And, yeah. Um, well, and the temperature changes. I love drinking it cold, and then I love it when it starts warming up. It's like two different wines. Yeah. Yeah. So, well done, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, yeah. Oprah. Can't wait to try the next vintage. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, See if we can get Martha Stewart to talk about that one. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you know. Her and Snoop. Not... <laughs> and Snoop. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, exactly. That might be more Snoop Shannon. Give me somebody. <laughs> Give me somebody that Shannon Blank baby. <laughs> Call you forty. He knows all. That. He knows the wine industry, dude. The Earl Stevens. Yeah. Shout out to Tim Gatto who designed that label. Uh, good dude over in Napa. When I was uh, with Young's Market in Portland, um, we sold to these big accounts called Fred Meyer, and I remember all of a sudden. Uh, Southern Wine and Spirits were rolling in one day with these pallets of wine. It's like, well, like these guys don't sell this much wine to these accounts. Like, what's going on? Sure enough, it was the Earl Stevens drops, and there were just pallets on the in caps of grocery stores. And just like, man, that guy, dude, well done. Like, <laughs> look at that. I want a new wine, and I want fifty cases in every major grocery store in Portland, Oregon. Like, nailed it. Yeah, Moscato. Moscato. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happened to Moscatos? Anyone come in to Sonoma's Best looking for a Moscato anymore? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> I used to have the Ironstone one just like randomly if somebody really needed a Moscato, but I've just taken it upon myself to say, we don't have that, but you should try this. And kind of Vermentino is kind of filling that gap, I think. It's not nearly as sweet, but very, it's not sweet at all, but it's very approachable and, you know, nice and floral and fruity on the on the nose. And so people are like, oh, yeah, this is great. And I think a lot of times, you know, people that are just drinking Moscato just haven't had an opportunity with a wine that doesn't cost too much that also is delicious. And so if you can just, you know, kind of break that barrier, not all the time. Sometimes people are like, oh, well, I'll go somewhere else and find my Moscato and I'll, I'll give them directions to Safeway. So, yeah, it's all good. Or to, uh, is Imagery still doing their Moscato? The, uh, the uh, Wowee? No, no, no. That that they blend is the Sauvignon Blanc that they blend a little bit of Muscat into. But they actually did a, you know, a sweet, sweet wine that was good I'm for sure those people are. that. I'm sure they are. Yeah. And then I. Moscato really, Dosti, but nothing, yeah. nothing domestic. Right. No, and I love the Martinelli does a really nice Muscat from Jackass, Jackass Hill yeah, nice. Vineyard that's beautiful. Along with some really nice. Pinot. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Jackass Hills is yeah. yeah. there. No, I mean, uh, uh, oh, Martinelli oh, does oh, a, yeah. a really nice Pinot, but then usually when people get a bottle of that, then I'll finish them with the, with the Muscat. Um, nice. The little treat. Come see me at Sante, which will not be Sante much longer. Will it be? I don't know what they're going to call it, but okay. they're going to change the name. Because we have a bottle of uh, 2017 Sandlands Mission here. Um, oh, right. <laughs> the mission. The mission. Which, if we're going somewhere after, well, I don't think anybody is or any of us are leaving ninety Riesling anytime, ever. Yeah, I mean, there's still how many how many bottles of this do you have? The 90, left I think in? I have like two or three left, but they have I want to say like eighteen to thirty six more bottles available that I can buy. Okay. Um, well, yeah, they uh, my okay. reps doing a good job because I've I've bought a little bit of all the Becker they have, so I gotta. And, and so you're putting in, my foot in the door for the Becker that, allocations. Yeah. So Todd, if um, if someone's looking for some of these me, wine, <laughs> if someone's looking for some of these wines, how would they uh, how would they be able to order this? And can you get into them by Thanksgiving? 
yes, uh, definitely if you're in California, but you know, sonomasdashbest.com or it's always easy to just hit me up, Todd at sonomasdashbest.com. There you go. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Or stop on by and uh, drink some wine. Right. Yeah. How much is this wine that we're drinking? So the uh, the 16, I want to say is 39.99, and yep. then the 90 is 49.99. Okay. The 16's current release, um, and I also have the uh, old vine 2014, and it's like 44 bucks, and that wine's really really tasty. Um, yeah, they're all. I haven't okay. had a bad one yet. The 2008 that I have in the store is, um, it's not fermented to the Trocken style, so it's um, definitely has more RS. Um, so if you're looking for something still with high acidity but a lot more residual sugar for Thanksgiving, that's a good another option. Goes good with pumpkin pie. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, so is the the Becker the current release is under the glass cork? Yeah. Um, is that something they've done across the board, or do you think they still um, use the old cork to, for some of the stuff they lay down? Do you uh, know? That's a good question. Um, I don't know that the 14, 15, and sixteen that I've had have all had glass, but everything yeah. uh, predating fourteen. Um, I think you can quote me on this has that i've seen has yeah. cork cork yeah. yeah so that'd be 08 is that be the next vintage that i that i've seen and that kind of brings back the question about the the aging of of the 90 and being in their cellar this entire time until mm-hmm. you know it showed up in oakland presumably and mm-hmm. and then to to you know shell vista um but you know if that wine if you had bought the 90 in 94 out a wine shop and laid it down in your cellar might not taste the same even if your cellar was perfect mm-hmm. i mean just the 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 perfect balance of microbes and and moisture and you know and humidity and temperature um yeah i mean look at this know, cork right it's insane and you know f- underground in germany for you know what 90 was 29 years ago yeah. so it's been you know um that thing was just a normal that corkscrew right there just pulled right out. Yeah, and it's just the bottle is where it was supposed to be until it was uh, consumed. Yeah, right. I've seen Brian Casey shred corks that are way younger than this one. Yeah, <laughs> call me the shredder. <laughs> I actually have. Um, Wait, is Brian's pulling out cork. money at the table yeah, right now. Like, is I, he, I are you trying to buy yeah, some? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing how <laughs> much what I'm money saying I got is in like my We pocket. had to get to Sonoma's <laughs> Best before you do. Before, so there's some left. I got enough. I got enough for a bottle. Nice. We will hold Brian until this episode drops, and and then we'll wait 45 minutes, so you have to listen to this point, and then we're going to release him. So if you're going to get to Sonoma's Best by Friday at, you know, 10.45 you, is your last chance. Otherwise, Brian's going to buy whatever's left in North America. <laughs> I'm just bummed I won't be able to be with my family on Thanksgiving to drink this. I'll, uh, Drinking it all by myself <laughs> when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. You guys would have really liked this wine that I drank last night in my garage at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. With a new port. <laughs> this actually would really probably pair pretty well with a menthol cigarette, I'm not going to lie. Perfect. Just playing off each other perfectly. Wow. Just wow. Oh, man, and it just smells better and better. Yeah, it's better. really opening yeah. up. We have this yeah. wine decanted and... Yeah, it's blossoming. Yeah, it's great. And as it comes to, you know, we're at 65 degrees ambient temperature outside right now. So as it as it kind of gets to there. Yeah. Yeah, the, only, I chilled it down in my keg cooler right. for about an hour before I came here. So I didn't want to get it too cold. So yeah, you're yeah, spot on. Yeah. Kind of that like orange blossom. Mm-hmm. The, the cellar's kind of blowing off a bit. And the, uh, 
the honeysuckle orange blossom, a little bit of jasmine kind of starting yeah, to pop. The, the orange orange blossom is mm-hmm. really prevalent. It's really nice. And and the way that it sort of like moves across the top of your palate now and, and it's it's soft and lush but still has, you know, like enough race to get it to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. If you haven't had a lot of you know dried German Riesling, um, especially with age, I mean, these are these are the white wines that will go the longest, in my opinion, of any white wine. You know, I mean, some Chablis up there, certain white Berg, but I mean, these wines are structurally they're built to you know go the distance. What's but, the oldest Riesling you've had? Uh, that's a good question. Off the top of my head, uh, I've had a few in the '70s, but I want to probably say like '74 or something like that. Um, but when I had that, it wasn't at a time in my life where I would truly appreciate it. I remember it, but um, I was like five years into selling wine as, you know, widgets, cases, you know, and not even thinking right. about what was in the bottle, but um, happened to have it at a tasting. But um, most recently, I mean, this 90 this is my third bottle that I've had, and it's just, you know, none of them. They've been the how exact many same you, How thing. many have you drank and how many have you sold? Oh, uh, well, I bought six. <laughs> and I think bought I three, one there's left. three left yeah. and I drank three. <laughs> so, I don't know how this bottle even exists, Sam. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got you to gotta pour wine to sell wine, right? So, I, absolutely. So. God, it's amazing. After you taste it, about a minute later, if you just go and lick your teeth, mm-hmm. you get a whole nother layer <laughs> yeah. just sitting in there. Yeah. That's awesome. And it, shout out uh, Tyler Stacy, my sales rep from Von Bowden. Uh, the guy is... Uh, He's on top of it with with the Sonoma's best program. He knows what I what I'm going for, so he brings me stuff like this that he knows is going to work, and I can geek out with. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, well, let's try this question. Go ahead, Brian. Should we pour something else, or should we pour myself more of the ninety? I know. Do, I almost want to grab do. another glass. I know, right? Maybe we should go I'll, grab more glasses. I'll, I'll go get them. Okay. Who works? Why, why who yeah. who yeah. works here anyway? <laughs> right, exactly. Can I take this time to shout out the That's Historic exactly. Vineyard Society yeah, event? Yeah, How about exactly. that? Yeah, yeah perfect. It's almost uh, like we're yeah, worked out almost well. professional. Yeah, uh, right on to Joel Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> so historic, uh, our second Historic Vineyard Society event is coming up on Thursday, November seventh. Um, last year we had like. Between 100 and 150 people there. It was a packed house. I don't know. How do you fit that many people there? So we do the whole building. We turn the deli into a bar. We have the, the coffee and cheese room into a bar and the wine room. So we have the winemakers kind of um, all around the building. But this year, Joel Peterson just jumped on board. So he'll be there pouring once in the future. And any event I've ever been to that Joel's at, he's always got something else from way back when. Something out of that yeah. cellar. And so he hasn't, he hasn't told me that he's going to bring something else. But, you know. In Joel Peterson style, he's uh, if he's got something else, he's the one. Um, Carol Shelton will be there from Carol Shelton Wines. Nice. Uh, Mike Officer from Carlisle. Wow. Andrew Nall from Nall, and then the guys from uh, Mater du Chai will be there. Um, and it, and so what this what we do in these events only focus on historic vineyards that are registered with the Historic Vineyard Society in California, which would make them 50 plus uh, most of the ones in there are like 80 plus that uh that we've poured um last year we focused on just sonoma valley and so we had you know bedrock monteroso um and a few others but this year we're going to do kind of greater sonoma county north bay a little bit of contra costa i think even um and so it should be an incredible event it's 30 bucks 10 of which goes to the historic vineyard society um, we'll have food we'll have cheese um, like i said the winemakers will be there um, bottles available for sale. A lot of this stuff is just, you know, mailing list only that will be for sale that night. So if you want to get some signed bottles and, you know, walk around for 30 bucks, it's, you know, 
it's, probably it's, probably it's 60 crazy. to 70. And we, you know, Sonoma's best. We don't pour like your, you know, your average Napa tasting room pour. You know, most people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa that's that's enough wine in my glass. So, and I, right. I relay <laughs> that to the people that come in to pour for events that. You know, we are a, a very locally supported place. We like to take care of our customers. So you're going to get your money's worth and know that, uh, you know, it's going to a, a great cause with the Historic Painters Society. And, and there's definitely know. a bunch of characters there that you can um, hang out with that make it worth your while. Absolutely. That's why you're there all the time, right? <laughs> oh, wait, are, are you, one of, are, or, or are you one of those characters? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's on my way. <laughs> I, I will give it to Bart. He does use the free Wi-Fi pretty often. He's not just in there, not well, just in there drinking. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm you mean, I say no once in a while. Is that what you're saying? Once in a while, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, man. I was trying to give you a shout out. <laughs> Has said no before, Bart Hansen. <laughs> uh, I know we have um, some podcast listeners who are going to be in town that week. Uh, because they have appointments at 16600 and what I'm realizing now is that I have a sale I'm going to be in New York that week so I'm going to miss it um but it's definitely I, I know if there's people out there listening who are either going to be in in Sonoma that week or um can be in Sonoma that well, week. Well, let's do this. I did, I yeah. I didn't think of this coming in but I'll do a discount on the uh the tasting fee. The Historic Vineyard Society will still get their 10 bucks, <laughs> but if you put podcast in, when you buy it, you have to buy the tickets at sonomas-best.com. Just put podcast in and we'll take a like $5 discount or something off the uh off the top. There you go. And you yeah. take that $5 and send it to my daughter's college fund cuz I just saved you 5 bucks. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so podcast at sonomasbestbest.com for, sp- for the event. P-O-D-C-A-S-T for our listeners out there. <laughs> no <So>. underscore. <laughs> so I brought, I, I picked up this bottle last year with my Sandlands allotment, and I've been waiting to enjoy it at an appropriate time with some people that I knew would appreciate it. And it's nice to have a couple psalms here that they can talk about the mission grape because. It's always I, nice to have a couple I, psalms. I was, was going to ask you guys about the mission grape. Um, I love how it smells like bacon, though. One of the coolest things about the Mission Grape, um, I think it was two years ago, the Chronicle did a big, um, their food and wine thing. There's a whole front page foldout of the islands, like down off Santa Barbara, or right. I just moved to the, the bay when this thing came out. But, the Channel um, Islands. The Channel Islands, yeah, and those vines that are, I mean, seemingly seven feet tall and three feet wide, and they no one knew they were out there, and they were, you know, Mission, mission Vines. I mean, that's... <laughs> truly old vine organic dry farm stuff dry farm yeah. <laughs> fed only by the fog of the Santa Barbara channel so uh, you know I know there's very very few acres of this planted um, uh, Todd do, what do you know anything about it I mean you know I haven't put a whole lot of time um, into the mission group because I don't get to drink it that often um, I know that it was you know brought up by the uh, what's the word by the mission groups, the I guess. Yeah, the right. missionaries. Spanish, oh, there Spanish it is. and then Mexican missionaries. missionaries. Um, and, you know, plants it all over. Um, obviously, there's roots in, in South America and Is it a vinifera? That's what I was wondering. I was going to, I was thinking that sure it's, it's, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's consulting Dr. Google. Um, yeah, I should know the answer to that. And, uh, Sorry, we got. That's all right. We're going to take the phone a friend off here. It is a a a vitis vinifera introduced from Spain. This is the first paragraph of Wikipedia. If anybody wants to check, Uh, introduced from Spain to the western coast of North and South America by Catholic New World missionaries for use in making sacramental table and fortified wines. European strain. I don't know. Maybe from Spain. um, Criolla. 
We're probably saying that wrong. Well, since we are, you know, at recording from the last mission. The 21st and northernmost. Yes. yes. Um, and, you know, all the vineyards around Sebastiani, they, there is the old mission vineyard. You right. Know, um, uh, most likely it was planted to this, right? You know? You know, I... I Back that far? It, it, when it they... Because pre, that predates... Um, Predates Buena Vista, Buena Vista and and well, no, like Old Hill Ranch, like William Hill. He was planting Zin and other varieties, not specifically Mission, and that was what eighteen fifty three. Yeah, I think by the, I think by the time they might have been doing this mission, they'd they'd branched out to to other varieties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think also the Mission was more suited to the warmer Central and Southern California kind of places, right? Um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, yeah, it's certainly fascinating. Tegan, it kind of has a, yeah, where did, this is a, almost like a Cru Beaujolais in your mouth. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a beautiful wine. You know, the aromatics are a little different, but, you know, the mouthfeel, uh, the wine is super yeah. delicate in the glass. It's like a deep rosé or extremely light, almost like a Zeno Mavro from yeah. Greece in the glass. Um, I, Nebbiolo I, even. I imagine that the wine that the missionaries made with this probably didn't taste or smell like no. this. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> probably. So the Sonoma mission stable. was 1823. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is probably So that's probably what it would have been there, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then you know, with Peristy and others bringing in the other stuff. And I would have imagined that this didn't do well with phylloxera right i mean it's a vitis vinifera it's from it's from europe yeah it probably got uh, blown up probably got blown out probably yeah. probably why they tried doing other things yeah well so. this is from amador and this is tegan pasalacqua right yep. 12.9 percent so, so. yeah yep. that's some good stuff i love all those sandlands wines well we've definitely have more questions and answers on this one which is kind of cool mm-hmm. uh, Stump the chumps, as it were. <laughs> Somebody call Tegan. <laughs> Somebody call Tegan. Well, who else is working with with uh, this varietal? Well, it says here in Insta- on uh, in in Wikipedia land, um, there's a lot of it going on in Argentina, um, both as a red wine and a rosé, um, and then they sh- in this. Um, Wikipedia article they name check uh, small producers like Brian Harrington, Story, Hendry, Brock, Raj Parr, Sandlands, yeah, Raj for sure, Sabelli yeah. Frisk, or Frisk, uh, um, have shown that somebody in their department, PR department, wrote this. Have shown that Mission grapes can make excellent world class wines. <laughs> so there you have it. For Hendry her. dropped one of these off the other day at the store because Hendry, they're uh, past Hess before my Comus going up Redwood Road over there right, on Mount Beater. Yep. Um, they have a beautiful property out there, and uh, he's kind of he's Zinfandel focused, and yeah. you know in Napa, um, it wasn't really it wasn't a whole lot like this. It was still a, a delicious wine, but it's cool to have him on the list because I think you know teeny little productions of this stuff. I found the article um, that was in the Chronicle from Esther Mobley, and I'll, I'll, we'll post it on our social media stuff so people can read about it. Of course, they're right on. There's yeah, Rob Campbell. Of Story Winery, which right. is up in Plymouth, right. so that right. could even be from where this grape. Yeah, yeah. So. What was the what was the SRP on this on the list? Like I don't remember. Less than forty. Yeah, you know, I mean, most of well, no, you know what, Tegan's wines, I want to say probably it was around forty. Yeah, okay. Um, it's yeah. tasty. Yeah, it's nice wine. Again, real light and delicate, real <laughs> pretty wine, but uh, aromas that I don't really recognize. 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, initially when we first poured it, I, I definitely got some like porky, some bacon mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. cured. There's a lot of savory. Yeah. yeah. Um, this w- this would be good. Oh. This would be good with uh, turkey and stuffing. Yeah. I, just I got, think we should write the Oprah magazine and tell them they got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you needed this wine. <laughs> yeah. You need to sign up on the mailing list two years ago to get it. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I mean, it's possible there are very few bottles of this left. <laughs> right? You're planning for Thanksgiving 2023? We got just the one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lovely. Yeah. Well, the Super next uh, next one I brought was the 2016 Null uh, Dry Creek Valley. There's state old vines in. Um, I think it's uh, technically registered as the Hendra Long Ranch, but it might also just be the like the Null estate at this point. So Andrew Null, the winemaker now, his great-great-grandparents planted the Hendra Long Ranch in like the early 20s, I believe. Um, they have those sludge pots out in the vineyard still. Yep. Um, you know, huge head-trained vines. Uh, beautiful, but 13.8% alcohol for Dry Creek Valley. Kind of unheard of for Dry Creek Valley, yeah. you know. Um, and and I've always, this is one of those winemakers that I fell in love with early in the business from the Sonoma County Harvest Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace, because I think it's now done after this year. Um, uh, and he always made kind of restrained, kind of acid-driven Zinfandels. Yep. And I fell in love with them, you know. Um, and, and we're going to get them on the podcast one right. of our one of our listeners whether they, they like it or not connection, mm-hmm. but also one of our listeners has been pushing um uh to us to get them on perfect um, yeah so. they're a wonderful couple um you should go up there and try to podcast from their from the bunker Quonset of Hut. a winery yeah, yeah the thing's amazing you know it's an above ground cave it's covered in like i don't know seemingly like a hundred rosemary plants yeah it's so it's, it's actually like a, a quantity hut so it's a you know a, a, it's like a piece of Perfor- or a corrugated pipe, right. mm-hmm. and then they buried it um, and put a frame around a, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty brilliant. Yeah. It doesn't sound safe. No, oh. it's probably the best place in the world to be in an earthquake. Yeah, good enough for the military, good enough for... Yeah. Huh. You know. Hey, did, it, did any bottles move uh, from the little No, shake? everything is fine. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was my first, or not my first thought. We ran into to Houston's room, and he he had just fallen asleep. I'm like, man, if an earthquake wakes him up after he just falls asleep, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna be I'm pretty pissed. Go out there, and Mother Earth, you know, like, what are you doing? Damn you! But, uh, and then uh, after that, I thought about it, and and then no, nothing happened though. Yeah. In the in the Napa earthquake, I know that stuff fell. I think it was all the stuff that was facing west, or facing east. I wasn't here for that, but well, the Napa earthquake, told me. similar size, but way closer. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyone that's <clears throat> sorry, anyone that's listening out there that is not in California, we had just had a little jolt the other night that <clears throat> I I thought it was my daughter's rabbit upstairs, like running around in his How cage, big is the and then it, and then it, <laughs> I know, and then it seemed like the wind blew, like it was almost like the mm-hmm. wind blew in yeah. through the garage, mm-hmm. and I was like, that was weird, and then I got started getting texts, hey, oh, did you feel that? Did you feel that? that? Yeah. I was like, holy shit! I, I think you know the thing for me was is that the Napa quake. It was a thump. I mean, like it hit um, where yeah. this was kind of like a gentle roll, mm-hmm. um, you know. In well, I mean, I, again, I think it was about proximity. This one was right. a, this was a lot further away from us. Um, it was like Conquer, Walnut Creek, Pleasant, yeah, some, yeah, some Pleasant like Hill, that. like yeah. basically Pleasant south Hill. of Mount Diablo. Um, I was the Napa quake essentially was Carneros. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, out halfway by that, between here and there. Yeah. Um, it seems like there was two there was two small quakes in the South Bay the two preceding days and I think there's been two 
going out to Gilroy mm-hmm. and then south of that since there too. So hopefully this is the earth, you know, doing a little payment plan for us right, instead of a uh, getting ready one big the- drop, you know, just shake it all out a little bit and well, go we back are to sleep. Uh, uh, rapidly and what is. By the time this is out, we'll have passed the 30-year anniversary of, of Loma Prieta, yeah, okay. um, which, you know, um, was a, that was like a 6.8 or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean that was the one that you know flattened freeways and mm-hmm. the the World Series and um, you know power was out up even in Sonoma for for a few days. Um, and allowed the A's to win the World Series that year. That's totally the reason the A's won the World Series. I hope that power right, was still right, out. Our in A's fan. Listeners are out there hearing that. I mean, it was definitely the Giants' year, but you know, Will Will the thrill was thrown off his game, like literally, literally. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about Zinfandel for a second? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I talk about it now, working here, you know, pouring it, talking about Zinfandel. But you guys would know much more than I do about, you know, a lot of people's experience with Zinfandel is high alcohol. You know. Tent, you know, leaning on the sweeter side, but I just want to kind of I call it the Lodi effect. Well, I want to hear about the the clusters of Zinfandel when they come in, like what you're looking for when you pick Zinfandel and what its characteristics are, as far as like uneven ripening and um, why that makes for such a different wine. I mean, you'd be the guy to talk to, Bart. I mean, I think we there's Zinfandel's always been this. Um, uneven ripening that's correct where you have raisins and almost green well people will say green but it's not really true green bunches or berries on a single bunch um we used to look at it at kenwood is that's all right the raisins you know and the green balance each other out the green berries um add some acid um but we always ended up picking with enough raisins that we always had to add a bunch of water like mike lee would say to me in my first couple of years like go ahead and rinse out that bin after you dump it and don't be shy on the water because right. we either had it now or we add it later um uh i, I so think you were i think w- we washing come, the bin out over over the hopper over yes. the hopper and and <laughs> and i think and and it was a matter of do you use the pressure washer which is you know very small amount or do you use the three quarter inch water hose right put your thumb um, over it and just kind of right um you don't even but, need a thumb but right. but farming has changed a lot since 1986 you know um you know i think phil um and and really you know high quality farming now they go in and they cut the shoulders off which is the part that um, will tend to be less ripe um, they might even cut the bottom off of the bunch um, that's a pain in the um, ass it is but it it allows you to get more even fruit and I think to some extent Grenache is a little bit of guilty of this also totally. Um, totally. And, and so it's a matter of how much work you want to put into it yeah um, there's no doubt though in my mind that you know in the 90s everybody was pushing ripeness um, and I called it the Lodi effect and like all these wineries in Lodi started to see success with Zin but they were 15 and a half percent alcohol and had a little residual sugar or higher um, and is it because they were waiting for those green berries to ripen so they were waiting for like the whole cluster to be ripe before picking it well I think consumers also wanted something they wanted this big extracted massive wine because that's what they think about Zinfandel when you go to Zap but Zinfandel by itself is a pretty delicate grape um, you know it can be too much petite Syrah in Zinfandel is like 
too much Syrah with Grenache. It swamps it. It overtakes the right. varietal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a real balance. This is a beautiful wine. Anybody else? Yeah, the null yeah. stuff is, you know, to, to <laughs> take a deep what you're take saying, a breath. You know, yeah, on the beautiful wine. I mean, I think from what I was talking to the Andrew, you know, he doesn't want to, he just wants to show what his vineyard can do. And so that's why he comes in under 14% alcohol, um, only French oak, 100% Zin. I mean, the wines are beautiful. Uh, Brian um, Seal from the Veneration Wine Club out in Florida um, took me up to Null, introduced me to the Null family, Andrew and April, and, uh, I've just been drinking their wines ever since, and they make they make sparkling, they make Sauvignon Blanc, they make Pinot Noir, but you know their showstopper is always the the Zin. And it's all estate. Um, so this production is estate. They make things in a couple of different um, productions, but the old vine that we're drinking right here is from the Henderlong Ranch. His great great grandfather's name was the Henderlong. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. And this is forty bucks. Forty. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I think it's forty five on their website, but. And this is one of the uh, the type of productions where, um, you know, if you try to buy too many cases as a retailer, they're like, "Sorry, we can't do that." But you know, we can hand deliver two cases the next time we're we're in town, kind of thing. So, cool family to support. Totally. Hmm. All right. Well, you guys want to talk about what what the hell's going on out there right now? Bart, uh, as far as fruit. Well, we didn't we didn't talk the Tokelon thing oh, at right, all, yeah. and, and we will get. Um, Alex McDonald on, um, but so for those uh, unfamiliar, and we I, I threw it out into social media on the Instagram story a little bit the other day. Um, the the Tokelon name, um, it represents it's the vineyard that is Mondavi and and Opus One and and also Andy Beckstoffer in a disputed way and the McDonald family in a disputed way, um, you know, surrounding those wineries right there at Oakville and mm-hmm. and and uh, Highway Twenty Nine on the, the west side of Twenty Nine. West west side I've of been to a pool party at the McDonald House right there. Oh, it's, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. and they're it's a great family too. Uh, it, it, well, it goes both sides of Twenty Nine. Oh, it does. It goes, uh, 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 well. This is hit, so. This, this is a thing. This the, is part of the the, the historic the, Tokelon. Historic Tokelon, modern Tokelon is anything that that Mondavi or that constellation or Opus One planted Tokelon. Uh, they all think Sounds to say like yes. our first official like Grand Cru breakdown of right. California. Well, so that's what's happening yeah. is. Constellation, which now, you know, depending on who you ask, uh, you know, and, and was, is a, a hostile takeover of Mondavi. Um, and in doing so, got 50% of Opus One, you know, with the, with the Rothschilds. Um, but right now, they're, they're making a brand, Tokelon. Uh. And, and they're also then rigorously enforcing and reinforcing their ownership of of that name of of Tokelon um and so the McDonald family who uh, you know make i don't think they make a thousand cases a year used to sell grapes to Robert Mondavi um you know the the McDonald's Alex and Graham who who are in charge of it now um their grandfather you know had a relationship with with Robert Mondavi they went back to the beginning Robert Mond you know they thought he was the greatest grape grower you know there was there was it was a very friendly relationship great you know grower winemaker relationship 
um, they're no longer allowed or being, you know, pressured by the Constellation lawyers um, to not use and not be allowed to use Tokelon on their labels. Um, so they they put out a letter to their mailing list um, earlier this week or last week um, saying, you know, their 2016 release is from this vineyard, it's of these grapes, it just can't say this name on it. Uh, and describing this this meeting with, like, the Constellation lawyers, you know, Graham and Alex sitting with some, like, historical records and, you know, four Constellation lawyers across the table in some high-res in New York. Um, I guess the first question is, is is the, is the Constellation Tokelon brand, is it truly just from that vineyard? No. See, and that's where it's wrong. That's no different than any other, you know, that... Uh, and that's, yeah, So that's what it opens up to, is Tokelon brand wine coming from What about, other, like, Tokelon hyphen Oakville? I, I, so I, you know, like, just how the French ended up doing it, right? Right, I don't but think, I think it's a matter of put that... I don't think you could put that. I think that if you tried to put that on your label, you would get an angry letter and mm-hmm. from some lawyers and followed by legal action at this point. That's and, terrible. And, and it's, you know, it is terrible. And, and the thing about it is it's like Constellation has lawyers for days and right. those lawyers, all they want to do is go after shit like this, like, you know, because that keeps them employed. Um, right. You know, it, it's... It's just, it's a mess. It's just a Do mess. Do they have a label out yet that you can actually see, like, what the, the Tokelon label is going to look like? I think that they do somewhere. Um, I mean, not to say that Constellation's ruined the wine business. It's been a whipping boy today. But it, but it really has over the years, you know, it, they've done some really crappy stuff for wine in general in Sonoma and Napa counties. Sorry. How's the stock Set, doing though? Yeah, get a hold of me, lawyers. Bring it. Have we? I don't think we've had any Constellation brands on the. Well, except for Joel Peterson was no longer with Constellation That's when correct. he was on the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like uh, I've seen that. I've seen the label, but I, don't know, I can't find it right now. Maybe it's somewhere on Instagram. Uh, if you Carlo Mondavi, who yep. you know was the grandson of 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 Robert Mondavi, um, is the person who brought it to my attention first. Um, with some social media action the other day, but I can't find it right now. Okay, anyway, so we'll we're, we'll get one of those guys on there to talk more about it. And, and frankly, you know, the wines that they make from there are fantastic. Um, if you can find them, so maybe we'll get a, get them to bring a couple bottles, um, you know, of the vineyard formerly known as Tokelon. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's bizarre, <clears throat> crazy. Mm. All right. Theme of what the day else? is acid. Yeah. That's the theme of the week. Man. <laughs> I don't know what was happening in your in your life over the past week, but just making wine. Just yeah. making wine. Yeah. Uh will this be out before Vinyl Sunday? Uh, I think so. Sh- sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Vinyl yeah. Sunday, October twenty seventh, David Gans, uh Jay Blakesburg, uh special guests, music by by David's band, uh, your Buena Orchestra, and food by uh, pasta makers extraordinaire Ali and Alex. Oh, Actually, right. it's Alice, I think. I'm not saying that right, but it's spelled Alex. I'm fucked. 
And they just do pasta. I, I think this is going to be more of like a, a Italian lunch. There'll be some pasta, there'll be some salads, some some grilled skewers and, and things like that. Awesome. Um, but yeah, they're... You know, claim to fame is the pasta making. All right. So I think on. Allie used to have a pasta restaurant in in Little Italy in New York. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. So 589 First Street on the yeah. 27th of October from 2 to 5. 2 to 5. I believe. Yeah. And if you show up a little bit early. We'll pour you wine. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be setting up. We'll be setting up. <laughs> you can hang out on the front porch with Paul. Right. Talk right. about it. And and now is David Gans actually going to be doing? So yeah, so David Gans is uh, you know on Sirius XM on Sundays doing his Tales from the Golden Road show. So he'll record or not record. He'll broadcast that live. No um, shit. So we'll so be live on. We'll be on live Sirius. live on Sirius XM, you know, satellite radio anywhere on planet Earth, um, and then he'll play music. Well, are we J- going to mention the podcast? Can we do that on Sirius? <laughs> if I get on there, I'll try and uh, I'll try and I'll try and I'll try and shout out some of Oprah's favorite wines and see how it goes. <laughs> Is that the uh, the Dane Sellers 2016 Buddha's Dharma Shannon Dar- Blanc? Shannon Blanc <laughs> right. goes great when listening to by the glasses Sonoma's best old bootlegs of Grateful Dead music. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got the van showing up. The van showing up. Just two, just a uh, two top out of the West Wine Tours today. Which and that is, van looks really clean. I know that. They that got, thing, no dents, no dings. <laughs> no dents, no dings. All the doors work. Must be new. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't coast to a stop with no squeaky brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Must be new. Uh, yeah. the bike rack. <laughs> exactly. Welcome. Awesome. What are you gonna do with the rest of this wine? I'm gonna let you keep the 1990 for sure. All right. Yeah, you can do that. Like, <laughs> um, shout out to uh, to my blind tastings on Wednesday nights. Really oh, that's quick. right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Bart's been a big participant, but mostly industry people. But 4.30 p.m. on Wednesdays, bring your own bottle or buy a bottle and you're there. We get like 12 to 15 bottles on average. And they're and solid we, wines. They're solid wines. And that means 12 to 15 participants right? yeah yeah it's i like usually su- i usually supply one to three bottles um and then so there's a couple salt of the, salt the grad exactly and then there's a couple of people and it buys me a little time because i do the blind tasting as well but when it's my bottle i'm also working so right. and the more i put in the more i can actually run around and still help customers and things but um and then uh, my good buddy Saf always brings a couple of bottles of he has a deep cellar and he's always pulling fun stuff out and then uh, another good buddy eric's always bringing like one or two but um Really good, a really laid back blind tasting. I give a little scorecard out. We're just looking for variety, you know, like greater Appalachian country. And we have uh, our score scorecard has kind of evolved over time. So um, it's very user friendly. The bragging rights are hysterical because there are no bragging rights. It's just, it's just all good. It's a fun time. If you want a, a it's non a three-time uh, champion of the right. Wednesday night blind tasting exactly, champion. Yeah. Right. If you want a non-stuffy blind tasting experience, um, it's a great, a great place to yeah. be. It's a good way to challenge yourself and make you kind of think outside the box. Because the one thing you can do is you, the one thing you know is who brought the wine, and so if you've never been there, then you have no advantage. Mm-hmm. But if you if you know the person, you it makes you kind of look at the wine a little differently. Um, yeah. So you got to bring your, doesn't your help, bottle really. in wrapped already. Bring Todd's your bottle got you all I, set I supply, up. We call them kits as well. Um, I give you a, a, a massive tape gun and a and a piece of uh, brown paper, and you wrap it around <laughs> in a sharpie. But um, it's highly scientific. But it's actually pretty funny. Uh, my buddy Jeff always comes in. He has the perfect tinfoil burrito wrap on all of his bottles. <laughs> right. He works. Uh, he's one of like. 
the like the vineyard <clears throat> management guys for Foley, and this guy he's he's an engineer. And man, the way he wraps the bottle in tinfoil is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there's Safa always yeah. brings his they're already pre-poured into Decanters. a decanter because yeah. he doesn't even want you to see the bottle. Yep. Right, um, bottle shape, bottle away. size, Absolutely. all those things can be a lot, right? color. There's yeah. a great couple here in town, Brandon and Bella, and they uh, they always pour their wines into different bottles. And so it's like uh, uh, it can be like a hawk bottle, but it's a means uh, fucking uh, means nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they, that also means I think I have lots yeah. of empties at home. So the number one thing you got to do is just always pay attention to the wine in your glass. You know, if it's five c's in a row on a test in school it doesn't mean it can't be another c just like just pay sounds like my report card yeah exactly yeah, nice <laughs> mine too yeah. i'm not too far off that yeah. and yeah. we're in the wine business yeah. today <laughs> i can tell you what uh, spot lazy means yeah, exactly yeah. i couldn't tell you how to spell it though <laughs> except for that it's written on a label in front of me <laughs> I just realized that my microphone was turned off for some point today, so hopefully. And the muffled talking from the left corner was Bart Hansen. Thanks for joining us today, Bart. <laughs> we'll see how long. Welcome to the Winemaker so Some people, podcast, some people might right? actually enjoy this show. They're every, like, yeah. It was every sad. pregnant pause was when Bart was supposed to be talking. <laughs> yeah, it's just gone. <laughs> the whole rant about Constellation. <laughs> Zinfandel. And you were on fire today. Too bad we didn't get any of it. <laughs> Let's start over. All right. Let's start Good. over with the Let's first open, Riesling. Open a new bottle of ninety. <laughs> Riesling, you gotta you gotta revisit this. It's yeah, uh, it's, in a, it's for, it's for sure. I know. I just keep smelling it over here. It's amazing just how alive it is. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, folks. Well, I'm gonna give Todd Jolly a good shout out. Um, thanks for coming today. Um, people, is your check out. On? Check <laughs> check out Sonoma. He has my microphone on. Check out Sonoma's best uh, when you're out here in Sonoma visiting. Uh, they sell a whole bunch of my wine, and I really appreciate it. And it's just a great place to get would, some food. Would that be a place to buy a bottle of 2016? <laughs> it would, actually. Okay. It would, yeah. Just recently restocked. Recently restocked. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I try and say, anyone that comes to town that asks, where should we go tasting? I, I usually throw in, and if you just want to buy some wine to take home or to drink while you're here, go to Sonoma's Best, ask for Todd. He'll hook you up with some good wine yep, at a good it. price, and I always say he has stuff he's not supposed to have, because I'm I'm always told, oh yeah, we only sell it at the winery, and then a couple select restaurants. You guys are one of them, and I'm like, I've seen that shit at Sonoma's. <laughs> Todd's got that. <laughs> uh, do you sh are you shipping these days? Are you like? Yeah, there's a few states I ship to, but I I strictly try to focus on it in California, yeah. and I have flat rate, cheap flat rate shipping in California, so. And where are you at with Blue Farm right now? What do you got in stock? Oh, I have a bunch of Blue Farm in stock right now. Um, it's fantastic. That uh, the, the takeover we did with them um, like a month ago was a huge hit. We had like over 60 people in the house for that. But I have yeah. the 2016 Anna Katrina, 14 uh, Fort Ross Seaview. Um, I have the 1861 Vineyard, which no one has. Um, so that's a, one of the few Moon Man District Pinot Noirs. Yeah. I might not say it on the, does it say it on the label? It does, I don't think it, it does. Valley, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never had I don't even that. I don't know if Anna listens to the podcast or not, but if you are listening, I don't actually have it in stock. Right. I do have it in stock. Right. Uh, I have the few <laughs> bottles left of the 13 Gaps Crown Chardonnay. I have the 15 and 16 Lazzaroni Chardonnay. I mean, I got... And, and Rosé? I think I'm still... Maybe a bottle left, but the Rosé went pretty quick. I don't. I might have one like in the back of a cold box. Sometimes I okay. throw a few back there to, for safekeeping, but... Yeah. That's a nice lineup. Yep. And I have Ernest Bloom, you know, 12, 15, 16, Carneros... Marin, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like that wine. It's it's different. Oh man, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that uh, their Marin production. You know, you go past um, McAvoy Ranch, 
um, you know, out of downtown Petaluma and go up that way. Oh, that vineyard that's out there, like, yeah. good over the hill from McAvoy? And you know, I'm not sure exactly which vineyard it is, but with you, the way TJ described it to me, he was he was talking to me like I knew that road better than I do. Um, <laughs> and so I know it's out that direction. Right. So Yeah, it's it's if I remember right, it's off of... Hicks Mountain Road, I think you had turn off. It's Red Hill Road. D mm-hmm. Street turns into Red Hill Road. Yep. You go over mm-hmm. Red Hill, which is past McAvoy, and yep. you make a right-hand turn. Kind of not far before or after where the road hits coming in from Nevada. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, cool. it's funny. Um, I, and that's I, Marin County, right? Yep. It is Marin County. Marin County yeah. happens pretty quick when you leave Petaluma. Yeah, yeah. You get Red Hill Road. It, I have, there's a farm. You two go through. different uncles um, border that. Their ranches border that property. Um, they always say, should we plant grapes? I know. Why isn't there more wine from well, Marin I was going to say, is Marin County an well, Appalachian? Is, is it? It is. You put it on Just a lake? Marin County. Marin yeah. County yeah. is an Appalachian. It's, the part of the problem with that area in Marin County is, one, it is still truly very, very cool. Um, uh, they can sit in fog for days at a time. Um, but also, there's not much water out there, and huh. you need water to at least establish a vineyard for the most part, you know? I think the, the, the elevation's high enough for the way it is. I mean... I mean, there's all sorts of elevations out there. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of where you can plant it, you know. Um, Most of McAvoy's is not necessarily, well, it is at some elevation. I mean, they're so well-established, too. You know, they have reservoir and Right. And McAvoy has a wine label now, right? Yeah. yeah. They have grapes and and They do uh, uh, direct import. Italian wines too that they sell uh, out there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they yeah. they've become quite the quite the little business. Yeah, yeah. their price points are fantastic too. Most of their wines yeah. are like twenty to forty bucks. Yeah. Hmm. Good olive oil. Which, yeah. speaking of, you guys got a nice little crop this year. Yeah, right? it looks the olives look really good this year. Um, yeah, well, we I think sixteen six hundred got twenty five gallons last year, and I think we're looking at closer to a hundred gallons this year. Wow. Is the estimate right now. So you know, and that's kind of typical. I mean, those are pretty extreme swings, but the olives are olives are pretty cyclical. So unless you were able to, um, you know, kind of like stagger that with multiple properties, um, you're going to have a down year and then a good year and a down year. Um, 2017 was one of the best olive oil years we've had in a long time, which you know kind of took some of the pain and you know sting of the fire losses away, um, but. This is this looks like a good one. Nice. So, good question for you about olive oil. Um, so when I was up at Repri, I noticed there's all those olive trees kind of mm-hmm. going in the east direction, kind of like out towards you know sixteen six hundred up there. Right. Um, do you find an actual terroir in olives that are grown in, in sites like that versus like valley floor or olives just too much salinity and they are what they are? Yeah, you know I don't. Um it's a, really a question for my mom, okay. um, who's who's the chief olive oil officer of 16600, uh, the COOO. COOO. And, uh, you know, she's, like I said, she's currently in Spain mm-hmm. tasting olive oil and visiting visiting groves and things there. Cool. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, just sort of my guess would be the flavors are more determined on... The varieties and you know the cultivars is what is what you say in olives. Um, well, because it's so hard. Like like yeah. you would, you would think like the very little absorption of mm-hmm. outdoor. I mean, <clears throat> anything that's growing in the ground is is, and you know, influenced by the the, the weather. Yeah. But I think that those things 
more influence what you can as far as which cultivars will grow and thrive there more than necessarily mm-hmm. exact flavors. Um, but I'll, I'll, that's not my final answer. So cool. we'll, we'll talk. Maybe <laughs> we'll be we'll waiting do, to hear about. I would the, love uh, to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, my mom's not the most like public speaker kind of person, but I can drag her out for something. I'd love to do yeah. an olive oil class or tasting mm-hmm. event the at, at Sonoma's Best, or cool. and get her on the bike goes on. Yeah, the bike goes on. Does you have a theme song now? We don't have a fucking theme song. Saul, Saul Gropman, classically trained guitarist is supposed to do a version of The Bike Goes On that we can play uh, as a bumper for the podcast. Nice. But but that was three months ago that we right. talked to him about doing it. Three m- go knock on the window, man. Squeaky yeah. wheel, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where's your guitar? Actually, he needs a little Viognier, too, so maybe I'll go and... I used to work at Coldstone in high school, you know. I used to play the drums and the banjo, and we sing those songs for oh, like, the like tips every- and the ice cream. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got to keep knocking on the window. Yeah. <laughs> really? yeah, I did. I had a friend who took his change jar to, to nice. Coldstone and yeah. just was, like, throwing in, like, a nickel at a time yeah, and making the game. My whole philosophy in life <laughs> is the glass is definitely full, so you know what? They're going to keep tipping me. Sure, I'll keep singing. Exactly. <laughs> Why not? Give me more money. Love it. All right, well, we'll hopefully see you. Uh, shout out Roger Randall. I know you're sitting on your deck right now drinking some wine with four and iPads. and uh, <laughs> Direct uh, all questions to Matt and Cabernet at gmail.com. Thank you. Roger came <laughs> to the blind tasting. That was fun. Uh, yeah, fun yeah. There, yeah. That was good. Yeah, con- continue sending all of your questions some Dan to Dan Seller's Grenache to put in the blind tasting. Yeah. yeah. Man, we're a little tight little group here, aren't we? Is Joni Boots come to the Incestuous. come to the blind tasting? Uh, I, she's been to one before, I think, but yeah, okay. no, not typically. Okay. Joni Boots has got her own Monday night psalm tasting that we should all start going to because we can taste a bunch of good wine and learn. So I'm usually the only psalm at the at my tastings. There's mostly like you know vineyard staff, winemakers, kind of um that side of the industry there's a good um enterprise vineyard management uh yeah uh, shout out eric shout mary out. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, mary's like the killer right yeah mary's yeah. good holly eric uh holly works at farniente no she at not farniente um Nicholas. no at uh nickel no at somewhere uh, in napa somewhere in yeah, napa exactly. but she's, <laughs> she's got a dynamite palette man she's dialed in she'll yeah. get like that's eric's that's eric's girlfriend who's killing it right yeah, yeah. Okay. or uh she's or eric's her boyfriend however you want to say it yeah um <laughs> but yeah she's like 80 percent sometimes Thank just you. nailing it yeah. the decision was hers yeah. right fair enough. <laughs> yeah. she brings eric along yeah. did you hear that for eric? some eye candy <laughs> yeah, exactly. gotta have something to talk about at the bar <laughs> yeah, first. all right yeah. all right we'll see you at sonoma's best we'll see you for vinyl sunday you can hear it on, I guess. If if you can't make it here, Buy listen to Sirius XM. Yeah, exactly. Buy historical Vineyard Society tickets and mention podcast, uh, and get five dollars off. Yep. You, you better go home and put that in. Yeah, okay. it'll be done. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll be talking to you next week. Peace. <laughs>